Hello, this is Gary Van Warmerdam, the Awareness and Consciousness podcast from pathwaytohappiness.com. This podcast is about overcoming addiction, which kind of comes down to that, doesn't it? Whether it's addictive thinking or repeated patterns of fear or jealousy or unhappiness, their patterns, their habits. How do you break a habit? A lot of different ways. One of the ways that we often think about breaking a habit is cold turkey. Although there's a lot of habits that don't break that way. Maybe you have to change the habit of just how you perceive how to break a habit. And that starts the chain of events of breaking habits. So we'll begin with a story real-life story of Jack, although Jack isn't his real name. I changed the name to protect the guilty. Jack's a client of mine, and we've been talking about mostly about self-judgment and things like that and emotions and changing that aspect of his life, what's going on internally in his mind, feeling, interpretations. Because that's where I like to start. He's got some other issues he wanted to change, like an addiction to tobacco. We didn't really start addressing that specifically. But in the process of changing his interpretations, the way he looks at things, the way his internal mind structures dialogue, interpretations, perceptions, expectations, assumptions, it occurred to him after many, many times trying to quit this tobacco habit and failing because he'd give it up for a week or two and then he'd go back to it with a vengeance and it'd be worse than it was before overindulging in it for a while. And then, of course, the self-judgment for having failed to meet that expectation of going cold turkey and the sense of victimization that happens after you do the self-judgment because you believe the self-judgment and then feeling not good enough after that. There's another habit. So after failing in that mode for quite a long time, it occurred to him, why don't I just give up this tobacco in this one small area of my life? I don't care what I do in the rest. I can do it as much as I want wherever else I want. But on the way to work, I'm not going to have any. Not going to do it for that 40 minute drive. And the first time was kind of tough. The stories in the head kick in about that he really needs it. And oh, by the way, it's no big deal, which if you really notice those kind of stories are pretty contradictory, like they both can't be true. And he gets there and he finds out You know, he didn't really need it for 40 minutes. And the next day it was a little easier, and the next day it was a little easier. And After about a week, 10 days, he didn't really care or even think about it all the way to work. And now it was easy. Easier. And he thought, well, let's do the way home from work. 
He said that one was harder because he had more justifications and rationalizations then. But as he didn't believe them, those little small change of habits of not putting your faith in that little idea of rationalization in the mind, that interpretation, changing that tiny little habit, he didn't take the action, and he got home just fine in spite of what the story in his mind said. And he felt fine in spite of what the story in his mind said. The next day was easier, and the next day was easier, and after about a week, ten days, didn't even occur to him at all. Didn't even feel the impulse to go grab that tobacco, follow that habit. And so he's been adding this up in little areas of his life. He's not kicked the tobacco habit, but he's kicking it. He's kicking it one step at a time. What he is kicking a whole lot faster is any self-judgment about it because he's kicking the habit of setting the expectation bar too high. That he doesn't have the skill and the willpower and the discipline to maintain and break all those agreements at once over an extended period of time. doesn't have the willpower to maintain that yet. He's getting there. He's recovering in, in each little habit he breaks. Like the habit of not believing the story that says, oh, it's no big deal or you really need it. And not believing the expectation that he should do it cold turkey all at once. Or believing any of the little habits of self-judgment that create the guilt, the shame, that then drives the other habit of tobacco as a reaction to not wanting to feel his emotions. So it's kind of interesting with Jack that we haven't been working on the tobacco issue directly, but by changing this little pattern of self-judgment, which he doesn't do much anymore, he's changed his emotion. And because his emotions changed, his point of view has shifted. He's been able to change his expectation of what he should be able to do or how things should happen. And he's approached this other problem differently in a way that's so far working out all right. And we might say that this won't work for someone with a drug or alcohol addiction. You know, they need to really quit and they can't do it off and on. Well, if you pay attention, find out that people serious addictions, drug and alcohol, they don't quit cold turkey in that sense either. They quit in small incremental steps. They quit one day at a time. They don't try to quit their whole habit and pattern of drinking or drugs. No. You look at that, you set the bar too high, and now you feel like, oh, I won't be able to do that. That's too big. And now you're in a point of view of a victim, inadequate self-judgment, and you're in that habit. And that emotion doesn't feel good, so let's go drink about it. So you don't do that in any major addictions either. You don't set the bar that high. You set the bar at today. 
I'm not going to drink for today, or I'm not going to smoke for today, or I'm not going to do any drugs for today. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I will deal with that when I get there. And you break this huge habit, this very addictive habit, and you break it in small steps one day at a time. And you set the bar where you choose to set it instead of where the judge in your mind would have you set it out of habit. And by changing that habit, you change your action habit for that day. And you take these small steps. And in a year, your life is completely different. Not because you did any one huge profound thing, but because you did 365 days of little things. These are the steps to change. These are the steps to happiness. This is the path to happiness. Some people are looking for a switch to flip. I'd like to know where that switch is. If anybody's found it, I haven't even heard of it, but somehow it exists in people's imagination. It's an imaginary switch. We should call it. It's not a switch. It's an imaginary switch where they'll have imaginary happiness in their life. Jack isn't just changing the habit of not having tobacco on the drive. He's changing the way the small interpretations of his mind operates. He's changing the way it sets expectations. He's changing the way that then the judge can't judge himself for failing. He's changing the way the victim in his mind doesn't accept or have a reason to accept failure, which changes his emotional state. And when you change that emotional state, gosh, you have a really different point of view, which allows you to make another different interpretation again. What if he's making 10 different of these interpretations a day? He's changed 10 emotional reactions. What if he changes 100 of them, 100 small ones? And during the day, there's 10 less judgments and 10 less victimizations, or 100 less judgments and victimizations. I suppose that following year, he'd be quite a bit happier than this past one. And the year after that, he would be quite a bit happier than the one before. One of the things that's interesting is Jack didn't consciously intend, okay, this is the big project I want to change. It occurred to him in this little small moment, why don't I try this? This sounds interesting. And he explored it. He put his attention there and his intent and his willpower. This is how great change generally happens, step by step. How so much of that change happens is you change you first. 
You don't go changing the outward habit. That habit is usually just a reaction to something internal. In Jack's case, a lot of it was about tobacco for reasons of appeasing his emotions and appeasing the stories in his mind that said it was his emotions. And so what Jack changed was the internal stories, which came from the internal beliefs. And after he started to change those little ones, as a natural consequence, his external habits and behavior have changed. This is the same if we go to the gym and try and exercise or diet. You have to change your internal agreements or beliefs or you're just trading one outward habit for another outward habit and you haven't really addressed you, your belief system. What is internally the emotions and thoughts and micro decisions and interpretations that you're putting your faith in that then cause you to take those actions that become habitual addictions. So let me give you a visual of how I see this. And one of the visual parts of this is so much of this change is dependent on perspective. You can take so many different points of view in how you look at yourself or a situation. And it can change moment to moment, day to day. I mean, sometimes you look at yourself and you are in love with who and what you are. Of course, somebody could then say something. Something happens. Break a shoelace. Stuck in traffic. Hate your life. Hate yourself. And you're in that judge and victim point of view. And how can you go from one point of view to another point of view? Well, those beliefs you have that are part of the interpretation pull you into that point of view of judgment and victim. And they also pull you to that point of view of love or free you to see with eyes of love. Those beliefs are sticky. Think of them as elastic bands And any number of beliefs we have create like an elastic band going out in a direction. Some of those beliefs pulling us to misery and seeing the world as ugly or ourselves as ugly. Some of those beliefs pulling us towards seeing beauty and love. Some of that pulling us towards being a neutral observer and watching these conversations in our mind. Some of those bands pulling us to see them as funny. Just each belief, an elastic band going out in our life, attached to some area of how we view the world, a memory, an interpretation, an emotion. A self-judgment pulling us into a judge and victim story, dream. And our belief in that, if we really believe it, that band, that strand of the story 
It pulls us into that dream of emotional reaction in our mind. And we can't stay there forever because there's other bands pulling us in other directions and later we're in a different story. And if we believe it just slightly, it pulls us a little bit. And if we put a lot of faith in it, it becomes strong and powerful force. It's a big band pulling us in and we spend more time over there. And some people want to come and they want to free themselves from all of it at once. Which means you essentially you have to go and cut your belief in all these dreams and stories and interpretations that you've put your faith in that have built these bands of interpretation that fixate your point of view and how you see things and pull you into creating certain emotions. Except we don't have the willpower to cut all those bands at once because we've put so much of our will and power in the form of faith into those very elastic bands that we've created the stories with. And it's hard to cut those bands when you've expended all your power over X number of years of your life investing it in those existing beliefs. But in our mind, we imagine breaking free of all of them at once, or huge ones at once. We can even do it for a while because we pull ourselves against the temptation and pull of those stories over into a certain point of view, and we say, I'm going to change this. Except we can only will ourselves and have the personal power to hold ourselves in that different point of view, out of judgment, out of victimization for so long. We haven't completely cut that cord. And eventually we get tired of holding our point of view outside of that old habit, that old story. And we slide back into it even with more momentum as an elastic band slingshots us back into that dream and we overdo it with that old habit. And we wonder how we got here. Well, we have beliefs connecting us to those old stories and those habits and those actions and the feeling of that emotion. And then after a while, we shake around and come back to what we'll call a normal stasis. Where all the bands are all around us in every direction are in equilibrium with each other. And we call that normal. Then the process of taking steps on your path to personal freedom, towards love, towards happiness, has a lot to do with taking smaller steps, cutting the small bands first, all the tiny threads, one at a time, two at a time, three at a time, that make up the larger bands, or cut the smaller agreements first that you have the personal willpower to cut through. And son of a gun, as you cut each small one, that faith, that personal power that you put into that belief, 
that had created that elastic story that pulls you in. That power of that faith you used comes back to you. And now you have more personal power to cut another band. And that personal power comes back to you that you recover from that agreement. And now you have twice the personal power you had before, and you can cut an agreement, a strand that's twice as big as you were able to cut before. And you break it, and now you have four times the personal power of faith because you recover it from those old stories. And now you have four times the personal power, and you can cut a strand that's four times as big, break a belief that's four times as big, and now you have eight times the personal power. Yes, this is geometric. It's slow in the beginning, and some of your agreements, if your expectations are getting away from you, might be that you're failing or this is going too slow and you're not getting there. There's a story to cut, free of, because I guarantee you that the judge in your mind has no idea how progress is made. If it did, it certainly would have told you because it's told you so much, it probably would have covered that by now. And so step by step, small iteration of moment by moment, you recover your faith from these stories. And four months from now, your life is changing faster than it did this week because you have recovered so much of your personal power. And the old habits don't control you. And with that fewer bands fixating your point of view and fixating how you see things, which fixes your emotion, you are free to move about. Those bands don't control you. And it's much easier to stay in that new point of view of gratitude or love or what have you, and keep your attention there and avoid the temptation of stories and falling into old habits and addictions. Our biggest habits and addictions are the assumptions, interpretations, and stories we tend to believe in our mind putting our faith in lies, misinterpretations, false assumptions, fears. These are things that we do more often than anything else. After a while of breaking small habits and not believing the stories in your mind, recovering personal power, the funny thing is this process becomes a habit. What you had to work to do in the beginning starts to be something that you do automatically. It becomes your natural way of being not to believe the judge in your mind, the victim in your mind that puts you down and self-critical thoughts. And after a while, as your awareness grows, you really get to see these stories for what they are. You can shift your point of view far enough that these comments in your head, they become funny. 
I mean, laugh out loud funny. When you look at the comparison side by side, it's like, oh, go ahead, do that habit. It's no big deal. And three minutes later, the voice in your head is going, you really need this. And you're like, I really need this, although it's no big deal. The absurdity of that. You'd think it was politicians. They're campaigning in your mind. They're funny. But they're only funny from a certain point of view, certainly not the judge and victim point of view. And in the beginning, what I'm describing funny may not sound funny. And for a lot of people, for you maybe, they're not funny. They're a tormenting hell. And it's hard to stretch your point of view to that point of perception so far outside the story that you see the absurdity. I understand that. I'm just proposing something to consider. That there's a whole different interpretation about this. Depending on your point of view which will determine your interpretation, what looks believable, which will determine what you believe, and therefore what you put your faith in, and then the emotions you create. But changing all of that happens when you change small things. Part of my reason for naming this website Pathway to happiness was because I knew that it takes steps. Take steps to make changes. We hear the story of the Buddha under the tree and how he got his enlightenment. It sounds like the switch just went, but oh, by the way, he was sitting there for, I don't know, days. And if we fixate on that part of the story, we miss the larger context of the picture in which, if you learn about him, he spent years studying spiritual traditions, mastering all sorts of different practices, gaining masterful control over his attention before he sat under that tree. He had cut all the cords almost all the courts by the time he sat under that tree, and then cut the last ones, freeing his point of perception to see the world and himself from a completely different point of view. He was free to adopt an original interpretation. Well, not completely original, people have seen through the eyes of truth before. And seeing through the eyes of truth is kind of easy, relatively speaking, to maintaining it. It's much easier to stretch your mind and perceive stretch all those beliefs or even step outside them for a short time 
to perceive the world and yourself from the point of view of love, which is to say truth. What is incredibly difficult is to maintain it the first time. Buddha was able to do it because he had already developed a very strong will. And so when the temptations came knocking, trying to pull him in to believe something about himself, about the world, he said, no, thank you. That awareness was key, and it took him years to develop. And his willpower was key in maintaining it, and that took years to develop. And it developed in a lot of little steps. All those steps that formed an entire path, a whole path to his happiness, his enlightenment, his compassion. It is possible to make that huge leap in consciousness in one jump. However, then it will probably take you a little while to integrate the amount of changes into your life from that change. And so that will take time. Or you can do them both together make step-by-step -step changes, and integrate them in your life as you go. And even if you are able to make that jump, it is extremely challenging to maintain it in this myriad of proposals in the mind. Other people trying to hook your attention and put seeds of doubt and fear and opinions there. And the way you stay free of that once you are completely clear and aware is that you practice that before you get there. So that once you get there, you know how to keep your mind clean and free of doubt and false beliefs. It's very difficult to do something as a master unless you've practiced it. You see, staying aware, staying free in your mind of fear and doubt and misery and judgment, victimization, staying free of that is a habit. And after you do it for a while, it becomes an addiction. Love becomes an addiction. The way you look at the world with clarity, without judgment, Look at yourself without criticism, without self-rejection. That love you have for yourself, that acceptance you have for yourself, that becomes an addiction. And the way it becomes an addiction, a habit that serves you, good habits like brushing your teeth and exercising, good personal hygiene, is that you practice it. 
you practice it until it becomes a habit. It's possible to make that leap in one step to cut all those bands at once. On the spiritual intensives that I take people on to places like Mexico, it's what I intend for them in their experience to cut as many and even all of those agreements in their mind that tie them to the old stories and memories and interpretations and emotions, to cut them all at once and be completely free. It's a particular ceremony we do for that. The bigger challenge is to maintain it once you get back into the world and all your old routines are thrust upon you and offered up as old habits, even the ways you think about things and the point of view you look at things from, and therefore the interpretations and the expectations you make and the setup of the self-judgments and the victimizations from that habit. Starting at the smallest little thing. And so, for some people on those intensive spiritual experiences, they can go very high into love and awareness. And they have to come back to their life. And they have to maintain it. And that's a challenge. The benefit one of the many is they now know what's possible. They know what it's like to be free of all those stories in their mind, to be free of all those habits and addictions. And maybe they come back to them and the old ones are waiting there, or maybe they come back to their life and they rebuild them over time, but that's okay. That's part of the journey. If they go to work, creating a new habit of breaking their old habits and their stories and what they used to believe in, that new habit of cutting all those strands of beliefs that fixate their point of view into judgment and victimization and unhappiness, they break. And over time, it's easier and easier in your daily life to maintain that point of view of love, truth, awareness. And some people wonder, well, which one should I do? Should I take the big journey and do the big leap? Or should I work on the small stuff that I offer in the self-mastery program audio on my website of how to break down all these little agreements and break them until you can learn to break bigger and bigger ones? And the question of dividing things up in terms of which one should I do Either or is a habit because my approach is do both. Learn how to master the little small moments of your mind where you create strands that hook your attention and pull you into stories that trap you later. Learn how to break those and not make them anymore. And at the same time, come join me on a spiritual journey. Or do whatever your journey is to give yourself a boost, a shift in a point of view, that gives you a completely new point of view and enhances your experience of love. And I realized that going on a spiritual intensive, more of a break in habit and routine than most people are ready to jump in on. 
that's okay. It's just choices. Choices that you'll make differently instead of habitually as you gain awareness. And recover your faith from all those old beliefs that trap us in old points of view of perception and limit us from perceiving the unfathomable beauty in the world. So this is Gary Van Warmerdam rambling on with an awareness and conscious podcast on habits and addictions from pathwaytohappiness.com. If you are interested in joining me on breaking some small habits, you will find the self-mastery audio course on my website has a step-by-step instruction on how to do that that then can lead to changing much bigger habits. And for those that are interested in doing something a little different, you can come join me on one of my trips. Some of them being a few days long in Mexico where we tour the pyramids and see how far we can stretch our point of view and to proceed with the eyes of love. Enjoy breaking your habits. One small step, one tiny interpretation at a time, step by step, on your path in whatever way you choose towards happiness in your life. Thank you.